SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Glad to be with you. Stevie Slapshot, he's flying the plane for us. He's back in the KSHP studios. He's throwing peanuts over his shoulder to the passengers. The uh, the Nationals uh, equipment guy just called me. He needs some help sewing names on uniforms tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mets finalizing a trade to acquire Javi Baez. So... The baseball stuff soldiers on. Brian Blessing, Andy Isco, we're out at Sunset State. Now I'm now I'm reading Phillies are close to acquiring starting pitcher uh, from uh, Texas, uh, Kyle Gibson, whose name had been mentioned as one of the key starting pitchers available out there, and closer Ian Kennedy. So the Phillies looking to make their presence uh, known in the National League East because, again, uh, it's the wide open. National League East this year in baseball could be what the NFC East was last year in the NFL. Maybe 86 wins wins the uh, National League East. Of that clump, Andy, Mets, Phillies, Braves, and as you said, the Nats don't have enough players. But Mets, Phillies, Braves, of those three, who would you saddle your wagon to? Boy, I, I'd have – well, I, I, my initial response is going to be, well, the Mets. I mentioned before Carrasco, who had a pretty good year last year with uh, Cleveland before coming over in the trade, and he was injured and missed all the season. But then I have to temper that a little bit with we don't know how much longer Jacob deGrom is going to be out. Now, uh, deGrom being out might affect them or would affect them if he's not able to pitch in the playoffs, but getting to, but getting to the playoffs, it might be just as difficult without him because of the fact that – Philadelphia and uh, Atlanta are right there in contention. I think the Mets have the best overall talent. Uh, some of the guys that Atlanta is missing is, uh, is is going to hold them back a little bit. Philadelphia, well, you know, Kyle Gibson's pitched so well, he's struggled a little bit in his last couple of starts, maybe because the trade talk has been on his mind. But if he's the Kyle Gibson we saw over the first four months of the season, uh, that's a big addition to the uh, Phillies' uh, starting rotation, especially if Aaron Nola can uh, continue to show signs that he's returning to his uh, peak form of a few years ago. He, he's really struggled for a good part of the season, especially on the road. Looking at the wild card races, uh, Tampa Bay in A's the last spot, two and a half up on. How about Seattle quietly at yeah. 55 and 48? I mean, they were a train wreck for a long time. Yeah, the Yankees uh, have a have a, a big road uh, to uh, to travel, even with the acquisition of uh, Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs and uh, Joey Gallo uh, from Texas. The last couple of days, uh, add to some or not add to, but basically establish some left-handed presence in their in their batting order. Take advantage of that short right field uh, uh, foul pole uh, area. What about uh, the traveling road show? That's the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, getting Barrios today. I called him Barrios the last time. Now I'm calling Barrios. So I'm, I'm happy. You got all the bases with covered. Man. <laughs> all the rubbers covered on the mound, sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, they may still be lacking a little bit. Uh, they did get uh, who was it? Uh, Brad Hand uh, from the Nationals, who uh, 
uh, could shore up some of the issues with their closing in the in in the bullpen. Uh, Toronto, I think, has an opportunity to be a wild card team. I'm not that enthusiastic or optimistic, I should say, about the Yankees. I think that their pitching is still uh, in a shambles. Their bullpen, which was a strength for the first half of the season, has started to show some signs uh, of weakness, and I don't know that they can make up enough ground. Seattle, as you point out, is playing well. Um, you know, you, you have to believe Tampa Bay and Boston are already in. And then the question is the wild card. You know, you got Houston uh, Houston. And Oakland battling in the National League West. Both of those teams are in really good shape to be in. So there go the two wild cards. Now you've got Seattle, who's been making a move over the last three weeks. Uh, you've got uh, Toronto and the Yankees in the uh, uh, in the uh, AL East. Uh, for a while, you had Detroit up there. Uh, they had a nice lengthy winning streak, and then they fell back a little bit. They've started to play a little bit better over the last three, four days. But uh, it's going to be tough for Yankees and Toronto because uh, right now, you got Tampa Bay and Boston in the east, and uh, Houston and uh, 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 Oakland in the west. And, you know, there are four of the five teams throwing the White Sox from the central. How would you grade this particular trade deadline day in relation to past years? I'll tell you, reading, reading a lot of the uh, comments on Twitter, uh, best trading deadline uh, day ever, and I think maybe a lot of it has to do with the fact that there are no trades afterwards. I think Major League Baseball revised the rules. I want to say it was maybe 2019, certainly it was in effect last year, that there are no more non-waiver trades uh, or, or waiver trades that you have to go through waivers so that today technically is the trade deadline. Uh, you would see some occasional trades being made where uh, guys would pass through waivers and so the first place team would be able to, to make an addition in the month of August, but that's not, I believe, the case this year. So uh, I think that adds to why a lot of people are considering this the best trade deadline day ever because there have been many more days and many more trades involving in many, many more key players. Okay, listen, it's lunchtime. We're going to dive around the NFL, kick the tires on training camp news and notes. We'll wait for Stevie to uh, come in with the uh, breaking Another news. Another symbol next time, crashing. Join the next 45 minutes. Update, yeah. Hey, don't forget our friends at Oasis. And if you're coming in from out of town, I'm telling you, come on, bring your, bring the crew in. Do your fantasy football drafts at Oasis in the banquet room. Great location, 4955 South Decatur. Hey, if you're down on the Strip, stop by, see Tony Neville. Check out the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar at Treasure Island. Cool place. He's a cool guy. We're coming back to Vegas. It is Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Series 204 of the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. AM 1400 KSHP in Las Vegas. And along the Sports Grid Radio Network Series Channel 204. Brian Blessing and Andy Isco. We're out at Sunset Station. Stevie's back in the studio. Baseball hits keep coming. Uh, I haven't seen anything lately. I got my eye on it. I mentioned uh, Texas looks like Kyle Gibson, starter, Ian Kennedy, relief pitcher going to Phillies. And the Phillies apparently, uh, Spencer Howard, one of their young starting pitchers, apparently going back uh, uh, that apparently is trade has gone down. So on the football wars, let's just swing around a little bit. Season win totals, Andy, 
Camps are opening. Guys getting nicked up. Stevie with the nothing burger injury to Roethlisberger yesterday. Uh, Prescott, you know, you're worried about the ankle and he strains the shoulder. The, Carson Wentz, as we talked about and earlier. The Carson Wentz thing, but that sounds like it could be significant. I mean, it saw some people saying maybe, you know, the call, get the bad phone or put the put the beacon into the sky and get Nick Foles to go reunite yeah. with, with Frank, Frank Reich, Reich and yeah. back up Carson Wentz or vice versa, depending upon the extent of uh, uh, Wentz injury. And yeah, season wind tunnels. You know, one thing to keep in mind uh, with the seventeen games. Obviously, that's built into the season win totals, but as far as how it will impact the AFC, they're going to alternate years in which that 17th game is going to be hosted by AFC teams only and then NFC teams only. So this year, the AFC will host nine games. Next year, the NFC will host nine home games and play eight on the road. Now, you do have to continue. I don't believe there are any neutral site games this year. I think the NFL suspended that for uh, uh, for this season, much like they did last season. But uh, it may be in it. You may be looking towards a few more overs yeah. in, the, in the AFC because of that extra home game, a few more unders in the NFC because they're playing that extra game on the road. Have you seen that then in season win totals, that being the case? I don't know that it would necessarily be the numbers are significantly higher, but probably the juice attached to the spread where the AFC teams maybe are, you know, maybe more shaded to the over. I mean, it would be. It, w- it might be that something impactful. like that. You know, for years, and I've done studies on this every year, I didn't do it this year because of the 17th game, so there's no real history. Uh, to go on quite yet, and there won't be for a few years. But uh, for many years, there was a difference. There was always an advantage to playing just on a numerical basis. Forget the VIG, the numerical basis for playing the unders because there were 256 games being played. And if you added up the projected season win totals, it would come up to maybe something like 263 and a half. Well, you can't have 263 and a half and, a, you know, wins offset by uh, you, you, the 263 and a half wins would be offset by, what is it, 248 and a half losses. So, you, you, so there's, there, there are too many teams priced higher than they should be, in theory. Uh, the odds makers have gotten a lot better at that in recent years so that the number had hovered around uh, 256. Now, now the, of course, with the 17th game, it'll be 272. You had the 16 games for week 18 in there. So there would be some adjustments uh, being made that way. One thing I do, and I, I did it all the time with the 256-game schedule, and I'm one of my projects this weekend is do it with this year's schedule, is use the win-losses to project the, the standings within each division. So you've got like what the NFC North would look like with Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit, based upon their win-losses. What will the AFC South look like? Indianapolis, Tennessee, Houston, and Jacksonville, based on their win-losses. And that'll give you some sort of idea as to uh, which teams are expected to convision to uh, contend for division titles. You'll get a better picture of who the wild cards might be. You'll also get an idea of which divisions, you know, we all talk about the AFC West and the NFC West now being considered maybe the strongest divisions. Well, the numbers when you do the projected wins for those four teams in each of those divisions might give you a little bit of a different perspective on some of the other divisions that may be more competitive or less competitive than are generally perceived. Washington was the team when the regular season win totals came out. That kind of caught my eye I, when I saw it was eight, and I'm like, man, that defense is so good. In especially that uh, rushing defense, oh, the pressure defense. You know, and and honestly, 
Fitzpatrick can win you some football games. Can he play 16 games and can he play consistently? Or 17 games rather than Well, no, he'll still do Fitzpatrick-like no. things. I do think in the last couple of years. Is, I, he, is he a modern-day Vinny Testaverde? I think he's reined it in. I mean, it, you know, the decision-making has always been the bugaboo for him. I think he's done a better job of protecting the football. But I, I just I look at that defense and go, man, you're in every game. Well, you look at uh, the NFC East. Well, let's start with Philadelphia. That team seems to be you know, going through the uh, process similar to their basketball uh, uh, brethren, the uh, process with the uh, 76ers for many years, uh, with the way that uh, they – I guess it's sort of understandable. They gave up. Uh, you, you see, you they gave up on Carson Wentz, who hadn't really shown much of an improvement since he got injured in that Super Bowl season. But nonetheless, uh, Philadelphia now very much in the conversation as a potential landing place for Deshaun Watson from Houston. But assuming that does not go through, you have to think that Philadelphia is going to be uh, a very, very poor team this year, and maybe they win four or five games at tops. So now you're looking at the other three in the, in the division. Uh, the Giants are an interesting team. They've made some adjustments defensively. They played fairly well last year. In fact, I think they had a balanced defense run versus uh, pass. And, of course, a lot of it comes down to Saquon Barkley and Devontae Booker, the uh, backup uh, running back, may end up starting the season. When when uh, Barkley went down last year uh, in the, I think it was the second game of the season, it was expected, oh, well, he'll be back for the start of the 2021 season. Well, now... There's some concern about whether where whether he'll be back at the start of the regular season, and if not, when he'll be back. So Booker provides a capable backup, and that's going to be so important to the uh, continued development of quarterback Daniel Jones. Remember, yeah, the, these teams, these, he was still a young quarterback going in the last year, and nobody had the preseason last year. You didn't have the OTAs because of the COVID. You didn't have the organized activities, uh, the, 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 or rather the uh, are the um, non-mandatory activities. You didn't have the, the preseason that you normally have with games. So a lot of the development of some of those second-year quarterbacks was uh, stunted because of that. But you know, if Barkley is healthy and the Giants have a good running game, they can be a factor. Dallas is always a team that, uh, uh, I hate using the word always, but I do it quite a bit because I, I prefer rarely or never as a uh, r- rarely or, uh, or or usually as opposed to uh, uh, always and never but nonetheless Dallas seems season after season to have the most talented roster if not in the entire league certainly in the NFC East but you know they've suffered from some injuries. questionable coaching the last few and years and injuries. and injuries yeah but it's funny though with Washington you know you look at this their last five games are division games yeah which is real. I mean, so that's a tough that, road to it, travel. But I mean, if they may have to come from out of the clouds like Zenyatta, they open with the Chargers. But week three, their schedule's tough. Week three at Buffalo. Week five, host New Orleans. Then play host Kansas City. Then at Green Bay, at Denver, and that schedule in that first half is pretty grisly. So I mean that's what you're doing when you're dissecting these regular this, season. This wins. is yeah, and this is the most bizarre schedule I think I've ever seen. You play six division games, five of them in a row to end the season. That's that's I can't think, and you know somebody out there may have seen something like that in the past, but that's unusual. Usually I, they spread it out. Maybe you play two or three division games in a row. I can't recall five. I know, division and games but, in a row. but when you look at it, it'd be one of those things where you know the standings are up, but if they can kind of tread some water. Tough, yes, 
But at the end of the season, yeah, they may be they in control will, of their own destiny you just with took, those five games. You took the words out of my mouth. They always have hope because the teams they're going to have to beat, they, they still play. have to play. Yeah, three of them they play, uh, two of them they play twice, and once they face for the second time. He's Andy Isco. I'm Brian Blessing. Stevie Slapshot's back in studio. Don't forget, speaking of contests, Andy does a great proxy service. We'll tell you about that. Taking entries for the Super Contest over at the Westgate in the Superbook, Jake Cornegay and the team, and they've changed the rules on that. And it's going to be a big weekend, August 27th and 28th for Super Contest. Hey, weekend. thanks for calling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing and Andy Esco hanging out at Station Casinos out at Sunset Station in the STN Sports Studios. Stevie Slapshot's back in the KSHP studio. Stevie, if I tell you this, do you promise not to leave? Were you promising? You well, prom- I, I have to go at two. Yeah, no, I mean immediately. Okay, I'll, I, yeah, I'll stay. There's donuts here. I'll stay. Oh, there you go. Well, this, well, this, the donuts probably would pale in comparison to. We always tell you, our friends at John Smith Subs, ninety-seven zero one West Flamingo. You know, get the, join the sub club. Yeah, they got a new thing today. It's called Friday. F R Y. I like it. Friday, if you buy uh, any of the subs, you can get an order of fries for only a dollar. Oh, there you go. Mm. Don't leave. Oh, but <laughs> don't leave. You promise. I, 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 I will stay here. But let, if you're listening and you're in Vegas, get over there now. What are you waiting for? <laughs> just give just give them the address of the studio. They'll bring them back for you, Stevie. Oh, yeah. Those fries are nuts. Honestly, you, you, you get a suburb. You got to get a big order of the fries in the, for the car ride home. Oh, sure. Oh, no, it's nuts. All right. Andy and I, we were kicking the tires on the NFL. We were yapping about the Redskins and the Cowboys. Who else? The who? You know, I think it's you. <laughs> no, I think it's you. I only say it when I'm around you. I mean, maybe I'm the only one who's it's nasty enough you. to point it out. No, it's <laughs> no, it's you. I've been good. I've been very, very, very good. I, I asked Kenny White this yesterday. By the way, we're going to be doing weekend editions of Vegas Sportsbook Radio, both college football and NFL. When was Kenny on with you? The other uh, day, wasn't it? Days run together. I believe it was Wednesday. Wednesday I think, but. Uh, right now, it's kind of a little bit of a hodgepodge. Next week, we'll have an announcement exactly the actual uh, locked-in times as we get once football hits. Uh, Friday night on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius 204, there'll be a Vegas Sportsbook Radio college football edition. Mark Lawrence is doing conference previews, Kenny White, and then an NFL show. Kenny White's part of that, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, on weekends leading up to kickoff. You know, we'll get the exact so time. You mean like morning? It's, they're they're airing th- this weekend. It's yeah. it's kind of you know it's like the you know the end of the summer months. They're plugging some holes, some vacation holes. But we're going to get fixed times, and these are going to be you know uh, two football shows that we're excited about. That we'll have word of with, advice: listen very closely to Kenny. Amen. I mean, especially in the college football. No, no, no. I mean, in in this weekend, you know, Kenny's going to be on both shows with us, along with Mark Lawrence. So that's something cool to to watch forward to. Uh, but I posed this question to Kenny, 
and Stevie was on the show. Like the Justin Herbert kid, really good. He looked great, 4,300 yards. The whole but, well, I don't know. Isn't it, it's a fair question, I think, and I'm not knocking anything the kid did. But this year, he's going to be going on the road, we hope, you know, with mask mandates and all that. But he's going to go on the road now and actually face real hostile NFL road environments that he did not have to face last year. He may thrive in it, but it's reasonable to keep a watchful eye on Well, the other part of that, and it goes for other, let's say, second and maybe even third-year quarterbacks, but especially second-year quarterbacks, he's also going up against defensive coordinators who have had an entire offseason to pick apart his game, learn his strengths and weaknesses. What does he do well? Let's attack that. What does he not do well? Let's exploit that. And that's the case of uh, plus, plus the Chargers have a new coaching staff. Yeah. And, that, you know, are they going to tinker but, with Herbert a little bit or just let him do what he did last year well, so well? I would. I could also, you know, the other side of that coin is the Chargers coaching staff and a lot of the decisions cost them a lot of games last year. Oh, absolutely. But do, don't tinker too much. You know, I've always, I've always marveled, I guess, at uh, the coaches who realize I'm going to design a scheme based upon the strengths of and weaknesses of my players as opposed to I'm going to fit my player I'm going to fit the players into the scheme that I've determined is successful. You've got to realize the talent that you're working with and you've got to try to get the most out of that talent and sometimes you have to take a different approach than the one that maybe you used at the last club you were with uh, for the sake of making your team play better even if it means you're doing something that you're not as comfortable with. I think that uh, sometimes coaches get a little bit too stubborn because it worked before but it was a different different type of talent uh, pool that they were working with. I'm just so intrigued and can't wait for the start of football. And see, what do you think of Tua? I it's can't I'm, tell. Maybe I'm really stubborn, but I you know watching decisions. He does a lot of good things, and it's a one year sample. We know what he did at Alabama, right? But the eyeball test for me, I just I'm not sold on him stretching the field and that is that is a weakness. But again, I'm gonna I pointed out before, he Jalen Hurts is the other one that I group with uh, uh, with Tua. They were rookies last year. They didn't have the benefit of the rookie symposiums. They didn't have the benefit of getting acquainted with the uh, new personnel, with the new systems, with just getting adjustment to the NFL lifestyle, the life culture, etc., because everything was done virtually throughout the spring and into the summer. And then they were called upon to become starters in the mid to late season without having the benefit of really any preparation. They didn't get an opportunity, for example, to see time in preseason games that rookie quarterbacks often do when the uh, uh, you know when the starters are, are not being in, involved, which is a significant portion of preseason. So uh, Tua uh, and and uh, Jalen Hurts and probably a couple of others. Of, of course, at the same time, neither did Justin Herbert, and we saw what he did last year, but he was the starter from the beginning of the season as well, so he had at least a little bit more experience to build upon later in the season. So I, I'm giving, I'm not going to say I'm going to give a pass to a lot of what happened last year, especially with the younger players, but I am going to look at it with, there's more of an explanation why players may have struggled last year than in the similar situation in 2019 or in 2021. Am I missing the boat here? 
I feel like they're disrespected to a degree. Tennessee. Yeah, there you go. With a regular season win total of nine and a half. And forget that they added Julio Jones. I mean, if Julio Jones shows up and stays healthy, look out. But Henry alone, Tannehill's kind of reborn. I think they're extremely well coached. And okay, and as of today, if if this Colts thing with Wentz, if they come out of the gate limping, Tennessee's another one. I just look at that and go, man. How I mean, they they're a ten win team. They have aren't been they? they have been built very well over the last three to four, three to four seasons. And doesn't I, that stick out a little? Bit? I like them to win the division before yeah. this situation with. Uh, uh, Carson Wentz. Remember, uh, with with Wentz at, at the Colts, this is going to be, what, the third different quarterback leading the Colts in the last three seasons because he had Phillip Rivers for the one year last year. He played, he performed very well, decided it was enough, you know, for his career. So, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of integration with new parts, with a new quarterback for the third straight year could and, set this team back about no matter how good Frank Reich may be as an and offensive And I'll just genius. rattle it off. You don't have to look it up. I mean, you obviously take the schedule into account and strength of schedule. You know, we know how that goes. Oh, that looks easy on paper, and then th- those things are skewed every year. But here's Tennessee. At home to Arizona, at Seattle, early, home to Indy. Okay, early, right? If Wentz if there's a problem, all right, you get get one of those games early. At the Jets, at the Jags, host Buffalo in a game that will go down to the last possession. Kansas City's a tough boy at home. Then they're at Indy. That's week eight. Who knows what Wentz is by then. Then they're at the Rams, host New Orleans, but then host Houston at New England, host the Jags at Pittsburgh, host San Fran, host Miami at Houston. I, I You know, I mean, there, there's a, some tough stretches in there, but that's not like a gauntlet. No, uh, the difficulty that they may face is those uh, three road games in their first five weeks. However, at the same point, uh, they likely will be favored at the Jets, likely favored at Jacksonville. Seattle, they'll probably be underdogs, and they should be favored at home against both Arizona and Indianapolis. So a 4-1 and one start is quite possible for the uh, uh, for the Titans as they get into the middle part of their schedule. All of these teams have stretches. I don't know that anything is as difficult as Washington having to play five division games to end the season, but as we talked about also, it gives them the control of the division if they can be halfway decent in those first 12 games. But uh, Tennessee, I think, is a team that has to be given serious uh, uh, consideration, not just uh, not just within the AFC South, but as a potential team to uh, challenge Kansas City for the AFC title. I mean, you look at the contenders, would you throw the Chargers in there? Maybe they have to prove a little bit more that Justin Herbert was not the one-year wonder. You point out the coaching upgrade simply because of the new coaching staff replacing the old. Uh, is Buff- is this the year Buffalo knocks off Kansas City? They got that experience last year. Uh, but Double ten- revenge. Yeah. <laughs> and it, well, in the playoffs, it could be triple revenge because yeah. they play each other again. Right, and uh, Tennessee uh, is another one of those teams that's been a solid team the last four or five years. Tannehill, going even back to his Miami days, went healthy and he could stay on the field. He was a winning quarterback, and uh, he's—I think he—I think he's probably given Tennessee maybe even more than they expected from when they originally uh, signed him. He's been—he's uh, been so integral to their success. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. The weekend's coming. Scott Farrell's coming top of the hour on the Sports Grid Radio Network in Sirius 204. Andy Isco with us. 
I'm Brian Blessing. We're out at Sunset Station. Follow me on Twitter at Brian Blessing. Follow Stevie at Stevie Slapshot. We got some work still to do. We're having fun. Little football talk. Who knows? It could be 17 baseball trades or, you know. The last 15 minutes. The last 15 minutes here. Heading to the top of the hour. Having fun with you from the STN Sports Studios. Coming to Vegas. Get the STN mobile app. It's going to make your trip that much more enjoyable. All you got to do is be in the state of Nevada. And you got the sports book at your fingertips. Coming back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio from Sunset Station. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. Chris Bavona, our producer back in New York. I want to thank him, Stevie. He does such a great job for us all week long. Can't He's, do it without him. No, he taught me everything I know. <laughs> His Sorry, Chris. His wife, his wife just kicked him out. <laughs> uh, Andy is goes with us uh, from the logical approach. By the way, the last man standing contest coming here at Stations Casinos. And then we've got Jake Cornegay over at the Superbook with the last man standing contest down the Golden Nugget. Tony Miller's got the ultimate football challenge. Andy does the proxy service. So Anybody that's coming into Vegas wants to sign up for these contests and needs someone to put the picks in for them. Uh, Andy, you do that. You've done it for a long time. Do it extremely well, very reliable. And if anybody is coming into play in these contests and need help in that regard, what's the best way for them to get hold of you? Both? Best way uh, would be to get me via email. That way it gets my attention uh, a lot uh, easier that way. And that's VegasAndy711, V-E-G-A-S-A-N-D-Y-711, at Cox, C-O-X dot N-E-T. Although uh, there, there are a lot of really good proxies out here, very reliable ones, oh, ones so that yeah. I've known for years. And if you happen to come into town and you don't – see, I usually make appointments to meet them at a certain point at a certain place. But even if you don't have an appointment and you're coming to town and you go over to the place where the contest is located, you'll usually see uh, some of the available proxies. Yeah, our uh, buddy Matt Simo does a good yeah, job. we'll yeah. be staying over there if, you know, uh, just waiting for people to come in who did not make an appointment. And uh, these contests have gotten and, bigger and better every year. And when you say the stuff is sneaking up on us, I've MC the super contest weekend, if that, for lack of a better word. Four weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's almost it's almost a decade now. You, uh, and then you're we have in the, the golf? And we have the big... Yeah. Well, that's right. You have to uh, get, my, your, get, get your my entry. Chance. My closest to the pin. I got a chance. You're working on your, your five through seven irons. Yeah. One year it was a four iron. One uh, won a restaurant. Deal and the the, the the real good one was a six iron. Yeah, hundred seventy three yards, about three feet, and won an entry. That How'd you good. do with the entry? Horrifically, oh. <laughs> but it didn't cost me anything. It was a free roll. But you know, you know, the beauty was I got off to such a bad start. Now the fact that the contest has changed, where they're they're now the, the West you have Gate. a bad start, you're not out of it. The Westgate, they, the Westgate concept has been around for the longest time. I think it started in 88. I've been in it every year since 1991, so this is my 31st year in the contest. And for many years, 
they had a nice little, I think it was 10000 and they upped it to $15,000, a mini contest that covered your results over the last three weeks of the season. So that if you had a bad season, you had a chance to have with a strong finish to uh, uh, to make up for it and maybe win a nice, uh, nice chunk of change. And over the last few years... Uh, well, the, the Circa and the Westgate are the two big ones. And what the Circa, what the Westgate has this year, they have nine in-season mini contests. It's all included with part of your entry fee. Three contests that run six weeks each, one through six, seven through 12, 13 through 18. And six contests that run three three weeks each, one through three, four through six, seven through nine, etc. So you have a chance nine if you have nine good stretches and they're the right weeks, and then when you combine you you can do nicely. And Circa has four quarter contests. I think it's four, four, five, and five, or four, five, four, five to make up the eighteen weeks. And those so you basically have if if you have an entry in each of those contests, you've got nine plus four. 13 different contests so that if you have a good two or three week stretch where let's say you go 5 and 0 5 and 0 4 and 1 uh, you might cash in each of those contests because i think the way the 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 quarters and the three three weeks and six weeks are split up almost any three week period you got a chance to win something in one of those contests you know if you can have a, a good four three weeks four weeks in a row uh, if they're the right weeks but they can overlap, so you might have, oh, it didn't it didn't cash in this contest, but in this other little mini contest, I had the right weeks. So there, there you fun. go. Hey, uh, real quick on the hockey side, just wanted to say for the folks here in Vegas, well, and folks in New York, uh, the Golden Knights traded Ryan Reeves to the New York Rangers last night. Got a third round pick for him. He gets reunited with Gerard Gallant. And, I like that trade for the Rangers. And immediately, the word is the Rangers this morning are. Well, this afternoon now, sorry. Uh, the Rangers are working on a one-year contract extension at about the same rate, 1.75. Stevie, you know, Vegas, the fan favorite guys, a lot of them have gone out the door. But just from a sheer salary cap perspective, I mean, when you look at the business side of things, Flurry didn't play in the elimination game. You knew there were the two goalies, and... Okay, it worked out the way it worked out. But the tipping point for Ryan Reeves was there that he was a healthy scratch in game five and game six of the semifinals. You're not paying a guy nearly $2 million to be a healthy scratch. So I think the die was cast on those nights. It was, and kind of finalized for me, Brian, when the Knights re-upped Yanmark because Yanmark will probably be on the fourth line now. And I, I thought, okay, Reeves missed those two games uh, against Montreal, and now you sign Yanmark, Reeves is going somewhere. Well, and immediately when that trade went down, Twitter, you know, people were talking about Reeves leaving here. Let me tell you something. On the East Coast, the Rangers fans and the Caps fans, it started already. They're already counting the minutes to every time Reeves goes against Tom Wilson. Yeah, I th- I think him, again he he's Gallant likes him we know that and and he and Gallant brings him in to protect some of the younger guys on the Rangers and it, it's not just about Wilson but that will be a heavyweight tilt. Well, but the funny thing is we had this friendly debate with you know some folks here in town. You know, fighting is for the most part it's a thing of the past, especially in the playoffs in the NHL. But believe me. There, there's still a role for it, and maybe fighting to a degree gets diminished if you've got a guy like that that can calm things down. But he can't cross a line the way he did in the playoffs, and you can't get yourself in trouble. But 
I guess the point I'm making is there are teams that still find value in that. If you think about it, Nate Schmidt, a guy who was a top four defenseman, you got a third round pick for him. This guy's a fourth line guy. You got a third round pick for him. So there are teams that value that role. Absolutely. Well, again, it's about it's not necessarily about the the actual fighting, Brian, but I get the threat of or what it's the deterrence. It, yeah, it, it's just about protecting the young guys. So then they are free to do what they do best, right? In other words, you know, the other teams know if if you're if you mess around with the young skilled talent on the Rangers, you're going to have to deal with Ryan Reeves, and, and people don't want to do that. And whether people want to believe this or not, there are certain guys, you know, yeah. they play a lot taller when they know he's there. I mean, when he's on in on their team in in their room, and they know that the odds of the other team taking constant liberties against them is diminished just because he's there. I mean, you can agree with that or disagree with it, but it's a reality. Well, and again, I'm, I'm thinking more of the skilled kids on the Rangers. They know that they're not going to be hassled as much. So they so they step on the ice with the, with the knowledge, the freedom of knowing they can go do what they do best and there's not going to be as much repercussion for it. They don't have to worry about someone taking a cheap shot because Ryan Reeves is on the bench. You know, I'm I'm wondering, with the trading of popular players such as Fleury and Reeves, and some of the other moves that will be that have been will be made, is there going to be maybe some added subconscious pressure on the Knights? Given what they've done in their first four years, you really can't do much better than a team did in their first four years. The pressure on them to have what has to be a successful season next year, and I think successful season would, would it being obviously making the playoffs and probably winning at least one round of games. Is there some sort of pressure with what oh, would yeah. be a very differently looking roster next year? Well, they've year? had the weight of expectations since, since the first year. And just how quickly these things change. Stevie, last night, it was someone on social media put it out. The first year, they were called the Misfits, and they win the Western Conference. And it was the picture of them in the locker room in Winnipeg with, you know, the trophy in front of them, and, they're you know, they're all around it. And the picture had red lines through <laughs> three quarters of that team where there's just a mid full of them left. I'm going top of my head, Carlson, Marchessault, Smith, Theodore, uh, McNabb, uh, Nosek now gone. A uh, Tuck, Tuck still there. Tuck. It, it it it's tough though, isn't it? That, that's that's weird. <laughs> it's tough now to remember that the guy's just four years ago. I I don't you know back to the pressure that that Andy brought up. I I think that there is some. There always will be some. But but these guys have been paid, and and these guys. Um, they they feel pretty confident about themselves. So I, I don't think it's a huge anvil of pressure. I think they know in that division they're going to be in the playoffs again, and they're and they're probably going to win a first round and then and then go from there. So I I don't think it's I don't think it's huge. I don't think it's this weight on them. See, but, I, I wasn't thinking pressure in terms of being on the players, but on the organization for making these moves that many of which yes. may not be all that popular. Oh, absolutely. I mean. Listen, Not the players at all. No, the front office. Yeah. The owner wants a cup. Yeah, there is. There's pressure from the owner well, in the front office. It's, Absolutely, it's mounting. There's no, yeah. now, and the question, and you could say this about every team in free agency. The question was, 
did they get significantly better? The jury's out on that. I think they, I think they're different. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they got worse. I think they're different. Well, they, whether they, they, whether different is better, the jury's still well, out. Well, they have more cap space, so there's more flexibility there to address needs as they arise. No, no. I mean, they, they're basically right at the ledge. Yeah. I mean, there's not there's not much wiggle room. I, and listen, don't kid yourself. They are still kicking tires on Eichel. They cannot help themselves. They're always in on the big fish. And even though most of the GMs have gone to cottage country uh, on the hockey side of things, I think there'll be you know still several big, big deals when we get closer to the camp. Uh, by the way, the NBA draft last night, we were talking about that. Uh, the Cunningham kid, he goes first overall to Detroit. Detroit, Detroit made a uh, – I don't have it in front of me, but I know they made a number of nice uh, – Acquisition. I think Orlando picked up some pretty good players as well in uh, in the draft last night. Didn't spend as much time as I normally would was doing the radio show, but we also have the deadline coming up at the same time. You know, usually the NBA draft is in June, so you know this time we had it, uh, and it was even later, I think, last year. But uh, uh, just on, uh, on on the surface, I thought that Detroit and Orlando uh, have a nice collection to well, build with. What was fun last year? Just listen. It was different faces, different teams. I mean, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Atlanta making a run. That was kind of cool. See some new faces. Yeah, I was uh, as a as a long-suffering Knicks fan. I was disappointed. Knicks, yeah. I, I was disappointed that they lost to Atlanta in that opening round series. And then, upon reflection, the Knicks lost to a pretty good team. They took Milwaukee to the you know, to basically the limit in, in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. Uh, I think it was that uh, Atlanta. Showed a lot this year, and uh, it, it does not reflect poorly on the Knicks that they got eliminated in the opening round uh, because of the improvement that the Knicks showed this year under the Thibodeau. All right, we're going to come back, take you to the top of the hour. Scott Farrell, top of the hour on the network. Globally, we'll have Vegas Hockey Hotline, AM 1400, KSHP, KSHP.com. Listen live, function for you there. Come back, update uh, the baseball trades, put a lid on it. It's been a fun week, Sirius Channel 204. And, of course, all along the Sports Grid Radio Network, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, the weekend is almost upon us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, back with you, wrapping it up. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Andy Isco's Kreskin, about 15 minutes ago, well, kept asking. Well, what's going to happen with, you know, Brian? Where's he going to go? And he goes, man. He goes, I keep waiting for San Francisco to do something. You got, you want to do the breaking news thing, Steve? Uh, I'm ready for it. Didn't hear the other side, but maybe Stevie has. I turned my mic on. I have not heard the other side of it, but uh, San Francisco reporter Susan Slusher, I saw, uh, have confirmed that Brian is going to San Francisco. Yeah, that's a big pickup for them because their offense has uh, been inconsistent. 
uh, lately. And, uh, you know, they also, again, the, the, the last 60 games or so of the season is going to be fantastic in that National League West because it's almost a given that the Dodgers, Giants, and Padres are each going to make or all going to make the playoffs. But you don't want to be finishing second and third because then you've got that one-game wild card elimination. Right now, the Padres, what are they up? I think, I'm uh, sorry, the uh, Giants, I believe, are three up on the Dodgers. And I think uh, the Padres, I think, are three behind uh, the Dodgers and third. Jake Marisnik to San Diego. All right, a little help there. A little depth, a little bench help. Mm-hmm. It's a fun day. A lot of stuff going on. Always a treat, Andy. The logical approach does such a great job. Happy birthday. Celebrate. Is that for next year? So celebrate. Get out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> celebrate the whole weekend. Oh, okay. Do yeah. my best. Yeah, bleed I've, it got, I've got half a cake left over. So Really? I'll be over later. Well, that's, well I was going to say it's good for three or four hours, but yeah, I, just, I, I, stretch it I wouldn't want to see what that cake was like in the beginning because the fire marshal had, would have had to have been there. No, nah, they cheated a little bit for the number of candles they put on there. <laughs> we love him. He's Andy Isco. Stevie, great job all week. Uh, Chris Bavone, our producer back in New York. We appreciate everything he does. I hope you have a good weekend, Stevie. You too, bud. All right. Listen, actually, Stevie and I have another hour to do, but I just throw nice tidings out to you on a national scale there. Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hope everybody does have a wonderful week. Thanks to Chuck Esposito, our friends at Stations Casinos, for rolling out the red carpet for us. Scott Farrell's coming up next on the network, and we've got Vegas Hockey Hotline coming up locally. Have a great weekend, everybody. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the Internet. Eat technology grand.